the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, Craig, thank you. This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Marley, Molly Clark from Cal Poly Arts joins us at 4.05. Special discussion at 5.05, Dr. Renee Bravo, Dr. Steve Sainsbury, and Wendy DeGroote pay tribute to the late, great Sonny DeGroote. There's a very compelling story there to share. We will share it later today. Up next, we put the spotlight on a local author. Lisa Guy has put a lot of time and effort to a wonderful new book called Pearls, Subtitle is Parenting Practices. She is into alliteration. Uh, you can catch Lisa this Saturday out at Coalesce in Morro Bay, the great bookstore, from 1 to 3 p.m. You can get this book however you get books. Why am I talking? Here's Lisa Guy. Lisa, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dave. We should say Lisa Guy, mother of five. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, well let's start with... Saturday. What what uh, is happening? Is it a signing or is, are you also doing a presentation? It's a, just a signing and it'll be fun because it's Farmer's Market and it's the Bird Festival. Um, should be a great time. I'll be out in front of Coalesce. So much okay. I want to ask you, but I'm going to start with the basic question. When did you, because you have five children, I salute you, but I, yeah. <laughs> when, at what point in your life did you know you wanted to be a parent? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I just know always having a sense that I wanted to have children. I'm an only child. My parents were really young when I was born, 22 and 23. I was a surprise, not planned. Come from a big Italian family, and my favorite times were being with all those cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents. So much fun. All right. So you're like, one day I will be married, and I will... I, have a family. I think it was just always a sense yeah. that I that I wanted kids. When when I did find my husband, met him in college, dated for six years. I wanted two kids. He wanted four, and we ended up with five. five. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting to me because I've never ever had the instinct, the desire to have children. So I can't yeah. help but wonder if it's genetic. Or, well, and I, I, I do think it is to some extent, and I also think that people, all people, don't need to have kids. And if you don't have that desire, good good job not having kids. Here, here. Okay. All right, so Pearls, what prompted the book? Oh, and that is sort of a long story, but let's just sum it up and say that I have been involved in kids, schools, families for the last 27 years, heavily on the Central Coast. Uh, my husband and I had mortgage companies. I stopped working when our, our third daughter was born. We moved here 27 years ago. I grew up, threw myself into Bellevue Santa Fe Charter School, um, really worked hard for that school. We didn't have full funding. I was the fundraising chair and the room parent and the, the volunteer coordinator and just spent probably 40 hours a week volunteering at that school with my four girls. So um, then we had the surprise boy, and when he was in high school, I noticed a change. I was noticing this change evolving, but 11-year spread between my daughter, oldest daughter, and my son. Hmm. And he was really concerned. He was, and he'd had a great experience. He went to concerned, concerned for the the well being of our young people. Okay. So he was he was telling me, Mom, what is going on? All my friends from Bishop's Peak Elementary School in Laguna, 
they're smoking pot, they're getting high, they are, and they say it's what you do if you're stressed, anxious, or depressed, and um, why is no one doing anything? So when your child is repeatedly asking you this question, and I've been concerned myself, it mobilized me, and I started to try to figure out how to help. How old was your son when he asked that question? 14. Holy cow. Yeah. Mm. So, and that was right around the time that marijuana was being legalized, and, um, and, so there's just so much confusion about it. It's medical, it's healthy, um, and kids not understanding, that's not for you. Your brain's not fully developed. You should not be partaking in this. Right. So it was pretty frustrating because uh, I helped start a nonprofit, Posify, Prevention of Substance Abuse for Youth. Um, we had the police chief, Deanna Cantrell, on our board, under sheriff. We were going and talking to heads of all the different schools and Mayor Heidi Harmon and lots of different people and really not getting much of a response and trying to just communicate the fact that kids needed to be educated to understand this was dangerous. Wasn't a good idea. It was not right. a good idea. So I ended up getting, it was making me sick. Vertigo, heart palpitations, frustration that you cannot believe. And I had this epiphany one day. I was seeing my son's friends going down this path. Their parents were at a loss. They didn't know what to do. You know, everybody else, when, it, when almost everybody's doing it, it's really hard not to. And I had an epiphany, and it was that it's too late. We got to start when our kids are little. We need to be talking to them when they're young. We need to educate them. They need to understand what's going on, the risks, the dangers. If you make this choice, it leads to this choice. You know, watching the homeless population growing leaps and bounds. And all I could think of is, wow, a lot of these kids who are, have checked out of school, they're not studying, they're not trying, they're not learning. What's going to happen to them? So can I summarize it is that a lot of problems we currently have is that parenting is not as strong as it could be. So here's a book that helps you become a better parent. You, you can, and I don't want to say that the book has all the answers or that I right. have all the answers, but there are certain principles, practices, things that if you're aware of and you start early, you're giving your child an advantage. And I have to right. say reading is one of them. And, uh, and reading to your children, even in utero now, has been proven to be tremendously beneficial. I didn't know that. I read to myself as I nursed my kids. I right. didn't read aloud till they were, I don't know, close to a year old. And when you read aloud to your baby, what, what's the benefit of that? Oh, gosh. I mean, they, they, so the rhythm and cadence of your words, the, the, um, your voice. They've done studies that, that women who read books to their children while they're carrying them um, are so happy to hear those books as they get older. It's, there are just many benefits in addition to establishing a habit of reading and speaking to your baby. So go ahead. You look like no. you're going to ask them. No. Um, this, the evolution of this book was, was such that it was during COVID and a friend of mine, we were talking on the phone. I was doing all kinds of projects at home because I was very afraid of getting COVID, giving it to my husband who's got a lot of health risks. And, um, and just feeling frustrated that there was nothing that I could do. And this friend said, Lisa, you ought to write a book. And when she said that, it was like the world opened up. And I thought, okay, this is something I can do from home. But I didn't quite know what kind of book. My dad had written many books. So I started talking to people and a lot of young moms who, my girls' friends were of that age, many of them having kids. What would you have liked to have known? What would be helpful? What, what kind of a book could it be? And so this book evolved. I love collaborating. I, I don't think I have all the answers, so I like to ask as many people as I can, what do they think? And it evolved into something I've never seen before. So 
it's very special. Lisa Guy on this broadcast. The book is called Pearls. It's available however you get your books. Best way, though, is to come out this Saturday afternoon, 1 to 3 p.m. at Coalesce in Morrill Bay. What's your website, Lisa? So it's Pearls, P-E-A-R-L-S, the number four, parents.com. We should explain what the letters stand for in Pearls. Well... Let's see. I wanted to have something that was a little bit catchy. Actually, my son-in-law's friend is a publisher in the UK, and he said, oh, Lisa, you gotta, you got to use the words of this book. So what I did was correspond the, letter, the letters of pearls to the chapters. The first letter, P, Parenting of Infants. The book evolves. It starts out. I tried to remember what was it like. I come home from the hospital with this baby. What do I need to know? That's the first chapter. Second chapter is E, Early Practices. Third is A, and I'm calling it authoritative, not authoritarian, not hmm. authoritarian parenting. It's really more heart-centered parenting. So, where you have you have bond boundaries and you have um, you help your children, but you're not you allow them to be individuals. Chapter four is L, L in pearls, and that's about life perspective and really the perspective that we have that we bring to our life changes everything. And the last chapter is S, satisfaction and fulfillment and. What really does matter in life? What are we trying to do here? How'd you learn to be a good parent? It was, well, I had great modeling, wonderful father, wonderful mother, um, but they were not, they were very busy doing their own thing, so they weren't around all that much, uh, but they still were good. Um, mm-hmm. And they, and I learned, uh, I learned good habits and I learned certain things from them. My husband had a herald, terrible childhood, but he is innately a great parent and wanted very badly to have kids and do things differently. So it was sort of trial. <laughs> We, we just tried our best, and we see these pictures of ourselves having a big family photo, and the kids were going crazy, and my dad was very stressed. He was actually videotaping as we were taking a picture, and my husband and I looked at that, and we, we thought, wow, we look really relaxed, but I guess it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was the only way we could get through. Let's uh, yeah. give a shout-out and tell me, please, who is Cameron Shields? Oh, Cameron Shields. So Cammy Shields is a good friend of mine, and she is an amazing, accomplished woman, done many things ophthalmologist teacher of the year at Cal Poly and she retired and decided she wanted to paint her dad was an artist she's very talented she started taking watercolor classes and this was during COVID and I saw some of her work and I just said oh Cammie can we have this in the book and I'm very surprised she agreed because she's a perfectionist and she was pretty new at painting but um, she she's just very accomplished and as the book progressed over the three years you can see the difference in her art um, yes, beautiful art throughout the book. But I'm curious, what what do you get from the art? Why did you feel it was important to have art I in the book? I wanted something beautiful, and my my image was to have this book that a parent, a new parent, could could open, breathe a sigh of relief, and sort of step into another world and be cuddled in either rocking rocking chair with a baby or cuddled on, in a chair um, or in bed or wherever you're reading, and have something that would be visually gratifying and also um, mentally stimulating, planting little seeds. Yeah. Uh, We are in conversation with Lisa Guy. Her book is called Pearls, Parenting Practices. Inviting you to come out Saturday afternoon to coalesce in Morrill Bay. Three years in the making, did the vision of the book change much over the course of the three years? Completely. I really didn't have, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in the beginning, and so it it evolved slowly. Um, I did get the help of, of a publisher and asked her about a few things, asked her what she thought, thought about maybe trying to get a publisher, but from what I was hearing, 
it's so easy to self-publish now. I, we self-publish through Ingram Spark and also KDP, and you don't have you can do it the way you want. You don't need to be guided by a publisher saying you need to do this or do that. When I was told that they're probably going to pick your artist for you, that was the ter- determining factor. Nope, I want to do it on my own. Well, I'll say this: just to look at the book, you would never guess that it was self-published. Well, thank you. It and looks I, very professional. I, I, it has been edited again and again and again. My mom was a professional editor. My aunt was a school teacher. A good friend was a great editor. There, I don't think, are any grammatical errors in that book. There better not be. There better not be. <laughs> and if I find one, please I, tell me. I won't say No, no, no please tell me. Tell me. Uh, let's uh, take a short break. We'll come back and chat more with our guest. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. Top of the hour ABC Radio News, and then Molly Clark joins us from Cal Poly Arts. Tomorrow we've got Steve Brody, commercial realtor Mark Burns, Michelle Doster will join us. The mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart, pays a visit on Friday. We're busy. There's a lot there, but we're good. We're with you weekday afternoons from 3.05 to 7 o'clock right here on KVEC. Back with author Lisa Guy. The book is Pearls. Let's remind folks, Lisa, what's happening Saturday. We have a fun event, book signing at Coalesce Bookstore in Morro Bay, 845 Main Street. From 1 to 3, I'll be out there in front. Um, It's Farmer's Market, annual bird festival. Should be a lot of fun. It makes the perfect gift. But who am I giving a gift to? Is this for someone who's pregnant, someone's thinking of having a family, could it appeal to someone like me who's not interested at all in kids? I actually think it would appeal to you if you give the last couple chapters a chance, Dave. But um, primarily, the book is written for new parents. And I think it would be best given before the baby is born so they can take a look at it. Uh, but really, the idea is when they come home from the hospital or if they're having the baby at home, as soon as they're ready to get into a rhythm, um, open up that book and start reading a page every day out loud to your baby. What about single parents? Yeah, single parents. Um, I, I have a, a page for that in the book, and I suggest that they look around their their family, their friend group, and figure out who can support them because being a single parent is very, very, very hard. So if you've got somebody else who can help commit or, or more than one person to being there for you and for that child, it would be good. Takes a village. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned when you came in that this is going bilingual. It is. So actually, what what has come from the parenting book is a, we're calling it a children's companion book, and it's for basically two to six-year-olds. Um, some of the art and some of the messages are pulled out of the parenting book and made into this beautiful little book for toddlers through six-year-olds. And I had the the pleasure of meeting with Shannon Pimentel, who is in charge of the county-run kindergartens up and down the coast. There are eight of them. She met with me, and she helped me develop questions at the back of the book. So they're um, a great way for teachers to really get to know students, parents, caregivers. Well, there are places in the book where people can scribble notes and take notes. Yeah, I mean, I've it's got, more than just a book that you're going to read. Right, and at the end of every chapter, I'm glad you mentioned that, I've got a reflection page at the end of each chapter, and I'm really hoping that parents will use that reflection page. Um, I read a, a book by Celeste um, Ng, 
over the summer and there was all this family trauma that was being passed on and I was just kept thinking, gosh, if they were only talking, if they were only sharing this information, a lot of this could be, be eliminated. And then I realized that last page at, at the end of each chapter, if something comes up as the parent is reading it, they can make a note of it. They can write about it. If something in their own childhood is, is brought to the forefront of their mind as they're reading. And then when their own child has a baby, the book can be given to them and they can read about the family history. How much of this is a tug of war between parents and social media for uh, the child's attention? Oh gosh, social media, social media. I have, I have that addressed as well. Um, it is here, it's what we are dealing with, and so there are ways that you can look at it and things that you can do with technology as well. I interviewed um, Jen Sawyer, who is the library at Slo- librarian at Slow High, and she has twins and another son, and she just had the greatest input about what you can do and how you can how you can deal with um, social media and technology. Yeah, but it is a growing issue, isn't it? It is. A continued challenge. Yes, it is. I actually had a, there was a public, or a, a labor and delivery nurse that talked to me about a year ago, and she said, Lisa, it used to be the new mother and the baby bonding in the hospital bed after birth. Now, there's a third element there, which is the phone, and it is completely interrupting the bonding process. How so? Uh, how so? Well, the new moms are taking pictures of the new oh, baby. Oh. They're they're posting things. They're you know they're on their phones. They're scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, whatever they're doing. They're not focusing their full attention on their new baby. It's interesting. I have a friend who just had her first baby, and a hundred photos later on social media, and and I I get it. She's very proud, and right. but I'm thinking that's time she could be communicating directly. And and I don't think that people understand as much as they should how cognizant babies are. I have one story in here from um, a woman who talks about her mother wanting a boy, and she came along. She was the third child. She was a girl. And at three months, she stopped eating, and her mother took her to the doctor, the pediatrician, and she said, I don't know what's wrong. I feed it. I change it. And the doctor said, yes, but do you love her? And she realized that she wasn't She was holding back. She wasn't happy that this daughter was born. She thought she was having a son. And when she, once this was brought to her attention, tears came. She changed the way that she was interacting with with Renata. And Renata started eating again. Babies, the babies know. They pick up on things. And they know when they're, they're, they've done all these studies where if you smile, if, if a baby smiles at you and you don't notice and smile back, they react in a, in a disappointed way. It is their, their only way of getting, food and attention and care is to connect with their their caregiver what are some bad traits of parenting that oh, is, they need to avoid I, I need to mention this just because we're talking uh, we're talking about social media i had a i had another medical professional tell me that she believes that obesity has been um, elevated because new mothers are nursing or or um, bottle feeding their babies the baby, they're not, they're missing the baby's cue when the baby's done eating because they want to continue, you know, they're locked into their phone. Yeah. And so they continue to have them nurse or they continue to feed them and they're, and they're over, they're being overfed. That's a bad one. Because they're focused on their phones. Yep. They're pulled in, addicted, stuck. It's maybe we should have a rule that baby's born for your mom and dad have to stay off the phone. It'd be a good rule. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. Is gender a factor? Moms versus dad? No, and my son-in-law, so I have two son-in-laws. Two of my girls are married, and this, my son-in-laws are incredible, and they would actually have the babies themselves. I don't have any grandchildren yet, but hopefully yeah. soon. And um, and my one son-in-law, 
kept saying, Lisa, the dads want to be involved in this. You can't write this book to the mother. This needs to be to the parents. And and then I was also told by a, a social worker, you've got to involve the caregiver too. You can't just say parents because there are the other caregiver. people. There are other people raising children, not just moms and dads. Well, that goes to the point that parenting has changed in our lifetime. Correct. What how we were raised is totally different from what what young people want to do now to raise their children. True. True. And I and I really want to encourage people to bring in to try to bring in those other generations. There's so much to be learned from from people of, of different age groups. Young people too. I have a friend whose fifteen year old son from another marriage is moving in. He is the best brother. He loves being with his little I think she's oh gosh, five months old sister and um and his three year old half brother. So so it's just as you said, it takes a village and the more people to love and care for children, the better. See, once you become a grandparent, you can come back with a sequel to Pearls. Uh-huh. Grandparenting practices. I had. I just went and spoke with Slow Village. Have you heard of the Slow Village before yeah. last week? Yeah, and yeah. that was a suggestion by them. My next book, I'm very inspired. It's going to be on aging gracefully. And I, um, I really <laughs> want to try to figure out why, why do we all have to stay young? Why can't, we, why can't we age as we're supposed to? Why do we need to have Botox and um, all, these, you know, all these things to keep us young? When you get to be my age... You'll understand the answer to that. <laughs> you got a ways to go. Not that much older than me, Dave. Um, all right, uh, Lisa Guy. Your website again is please pearls p e a r l s for the number four parents dot com. You can get this book however you get books, but Lisa would certainly appreciate you coming out there this Saturday from one to three p.m. at Coalesce in Morro Bay, the great independent bookstore. This is a book to give as a gift, to give it as a gift to yourself, and it's. Very practical advice for parenting. And we all know people who could use a book like this. Uh, What do you want to say in closing? Well, I want to, can I read something that was, this is a friend of mine just just sent me this quote and I love it. And this is how I would like people to, to see the book. And I do want to just add, I'd love to speak to any group of any age Contact you through the website or contact through me. Yes. So this is the quote, and this is how I like to see my book. I love this. Pearls is a seeds packet, planting goodness at the beginning of a child's life, creating fertile soil in which the child can grow well. That was a nice encapsulation. I like that. That says it all. Yeah. All right, uh, Lisa. And did, did you enjoy the experience of putting the book together? I loved it. I enjoy, and you know, I wanted to say, my mom and I weren't close um, for for quite a while through the three years of working with her. We're very, very close. I think she's going to come and live with us now. She's eighty-two, so um, it has been a gift in many ways. She's young. Eighty-two. That's young. Yeah. All right, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Off we go. We've got news and traffic and weather. Molly Clark is in the house. This is Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.